Human beings have been sharing stories for hundreds of thousands of years, and with those stories came the emotional, spiritual, and physical knowledge of the ancients. Shaman Durek is a third-generation shaman, an evolutionary innovator, and a women's empowerment leader. He's here to bring forth the ancient wisdom of our elders to help heal and bring happiness into our modern society. We're sharing ancient knowledge in modern times in order to put the power back in people's hands. Welcome to the tribe. Hello, tribe, and welcome to Ancient Wisdom Today podcast. And you are phenomenally, divinely gifted and lifted and shifted because you are the light and that light that energy, that illumination is you. And I just want you to know that I love you. I love you. Yes, I do. And I'm so happy to love you. I love loving you. I love loving you. If I had you here right now with me, I'd wrap you in my arms and wrap my angelic wings around you and embrace you and love you and bring all the light into your being that comes from the heavenly realms that says, we love you so much. We have not forgotten about you. You're not alone. You will never be alone. And we love you. And I love you. And I speak on behalf of all the spirits that move through my being. We love you. Amala Ashe. So, where are we on this beautiful, grand, amazing adventure called life? This, this place of evolution, this place where we get to move beyond mass confusion and step into solutions that create change, real change lifelong, lasting change. Such a gift to behold, right? <laughs> and it starts with us in the way that we operate with each other, the way we treat ourselves, and the way we nurture ourselves and the way we nurture others, even in our conversations, are just in a simple, loving, powerful hug. The graciousness of our being is ever unfolding. And that's why we always must be kind and gentle to ourselves in that process, right? We must remove the ideas that we have to be something or else. We have to let that go and we have to kind of like flutter it off into nothingness and recognize that the power of who we are and what we are is here waiting for us to see it and say it. You see, the ability to say what you are, to know who you are, you already have the ability inside of you. You just have to do it. The, the, the consciousness of speaking against yourself or acting against yourself is only because you're choosing it. Choice. Like the choice for me to be able to open a door or not open the door. Or to sing. Or to dance. Or to eat ice cream. Or to enjoy a wonderful salad. Or to make a picnic. Or to run out in the rain completely naked and feel the raindrops on my beautiful bare skin. Or I can run into the forest and shout on the top of my lungs and allow all the animals and all the beings to hear me and the tree spirits to hear me because I'm wild and I'm free and I'm not held or tied or bound 
You see, I get to make those choices. And see, the system wants you to believe that there is no other choice other than for you to survive. <laughs> yeah. It's like, wake up, do what you have to do, pay your bills, make things get done, follow the system, do what we tell you to do, do not question something that you do not understand, be a robot, be a sheep, do not think independently, and most importantly, do not ever stop supporting the system. Choose jobs that we tell you is acceptable. Learn things in school that we allow you to learn. Don't question why other classes don't exist in your high school or your junior high or your college. You will be met with disapproval. And if you continue to act against the system, you will be ostracized, laughed at, and not loved. And if you are not loved, then you will feel that you are nothing, you mean nothing, so why should you live? If you do not obey what we want, life will be hard. You will be alone and you will lose everything. You must obey the system. And not just the system of your government or the system that is creating the lies. No. We want you to obey the system of anything that makes you feel small, lack, limitation, scarcity, and fear. So that you will need our services that we provide you. And those services will create more lack and fear. Because the people who are serving those services will have already been trained and robotic sheep. And that we will make sure they invoke more fear, more worry, and more lack and more limitation into your minds. We want you to watch the news and we want you to understand everything around you is horrible and falling apart and destructive and generate more fear so that we can keep the darkness alive. Do as you're told, do not question, and do not draw attention to yourself. Follow the rules and you will live and you will make it through to a very old age. And if you continue to manipulate other people, we will reward you and we will give you more so that you can manipulate even more. Do as you're told. Now, you see, that nonsense is not okay with me. And that's the nonsense that is being pumped out into the world. And of course, it comes in many ways. And even the system will tell you that it's lying and people will still buy into it. The system will even tell you that there are no classes in college or high school or junior high that you can take that expand your consciousness and lift you and shift you and teach you how to tap into your intuition and your abilities to, to perceive information beyond the physical. Nope. They're not going to give you that because to give you that, my darlings, would be giving you the keys to your freedom. Well, I say, screw them. They have no right to take away your freedom. And our tribe is so lit, we are going to take all of those things that they are pushing upon us 
pressing upon us, throwing up in our face on billboards, television, music. And we are going to have powerful tools to navigate ourselves through it. And that's what it's about. You see, we cannot hold back and be idle and sedentary anymore. We cannot sit back and act as if these things are just going to go away because someone else is going to make it go away. We have to step into what it means to be a true leader. A leader is someone who sees these things and takes necessary action to start bringing about change through the things that they love. Not the things that they're told to do or some psychic has told them that's some special gift or skill that they're going to be able to bring to the earth. No, it's through the things they love. There's no golden scroll coming at you saying, hey, this is who you are and this is what you better do or else and are you're not considered a spiritual being and so get off the block. No, what it's basically saying is who do you say you are? What do you say you are? Who are you and what are you capable of doing? And that can only happen and the way in which you talk to yourself. Because when you talk to yourself, you talk to God, my darlings. You talk to source, you talk to spirit. And so if you tell God that God is stupid, then you will be stupid. And if you tell God that God can't do something, then you won't be able to do it. And the spirits that support God, which is inside of you, will obey with love, not because they obey with fear, not because they obey because they have some kind of horrible thing that will happen to them if they don't listen to God, but they do it out of service, out of love. They obey the principles of creation. They don't question it because they're spirits that are created to just create as it is being said. That means that when I say obey, what I mean is it's not an obey from a fear place. It's that is what they were created to do, which is to take whatever you say about yourself, which means that you say God is, and create it as a reality, as a construct of truth, as it, is, as it is above, so it is below, as it is within, so it is without. This is the fundamentals of truth, my darlings, and you can't run from it, you can't change it, you can't, you can't rewrite it, you can only understand the laws of creation, is that as you see it and as you say it, and as you believe it, it shall be. That's it. So I'm not going to tell myself that I can't do something. I'm not going to tell myself that if I felt insecure, I'm going to tell myself I'm secure. Even if I don't believe that I'm secure, by the fact that I'm saying it, I'm allowing those spirits that honor the service of God to now begin to create situations, opportunities, and doorways, illuminations within my mind and feelings within my feelings to believe that I am secure. That's what it means to embody something, to embody it. To embody something doesn't mean that you have to completely understand it and embrace it with all of your truth. Truth is irrelevant. Truth is subjective. Truth is the idea and understanding that you actually accept something. The path is always laid before you. The path of what you choose is your choice. I can right now say, I have powerful energies inside of my body. And by saying it, all of a sudden it's there. If I say, I'm not as smart and as bright as the rest of them, then guess what? All of a sudden my cells, 
and my body starts creating certain chemicals and certain breakdowns inside of my neurological system that makes it so that I am not as smart. And then at the time, what it does is the ego makes sure that I get a full um, example of that to back up the world in which I'm believing in. You see, the ego's job is really simple. The ego's job is to say, whatever you believe, your honor, I shall make known to you. So if you say that you are not the brightest bunch, you're not the brightest one in the bunch, then your ego's job is to make sure you have full-on physical, emotional, and mental experience of that so that you can lock it in as truth. That's all it's doing. It's qualifying what you say as truth. So be mindful of what you say, my darling. Be mindful of what you say because the matrix, the system that perpetuates dark, the dark realm, which is from the dark realm that perpetuates human consciousness to build the system so that it can support its own construct of darkness, is very smart and very clever. And you're probably saying, well, why are you giving it power by saying that, Shaman Dur? Well, I'm not because I know it's smart and clever because look how far it has gotten. You see, the thing is, we have to be smarter and we have to be much more clever and much more aware so that we can navigate and shift the energy codes and change the coding to create a new experience. And that can only come with your thoughts and your words. Thoughts and words, thoughts and words. Hear what I'm saying. Thoughts and words. Think it or speak it. So if I think that I'm a good person, then the ego will make sure that it shows me identifications of truth of me being a good person. You see, they work in tandem. And if I feel that I'm a good person or I say I'm a good person, then the ego will do exactly that. It will create experiences to see and to show that I'm a good person. If I say that I am so insightful and I have so much power and that I can see things that other people cannot see, then the ego will make sure that I see things that other people can't see. And it will also make sure that I'm insightful to make sure that my world is exactly as I say it is. Because what would be a world if God doesn't believe in the world that it is perceiving? There would be a schism, an explosion, uh, imbalance in what we would call the space-time continuum. The understanding of reality would crumble and crush and be destroyed and therefore cause a great deal of fear. Well, that's what it means to step into the unknown. To step into the unknown it basically means, in other words, that you are open for something to come in and to basically destroy and change and refine your understanding of your reality, right? Because destruction of your reality is not a bad thing. Destruction um, has its purpose. That's what Kali represents in Hinduism. It's not that Kali is going through stomping everyone out and ripping out their tongues. Kali is destroying the old energy, which means bringing it back into the fold and then recreating something new or something new can be born. The same thing nature does. You know, nature has its own way of resurrecting itself from death to life. And me being a Scorpio, I can tell you firsthand, I represent 
the foundations of life through you know death through life and life through death right it's the it's the cycle of that death it's the it's the complete coming um as the phoenix right to die and be reborn right and so the death is the separation it is the moment of letting go it is the part of you that is completely turning its back or its idea or concept away from that which it has been a part of and step into a new dimension it you cannot pass through other dimensions if you're not willing to be fluid or non-attached. You see, a non-attached fluid person is able to move through many dimensions of thought and ideas without being affected or annoyed or agitated by any of them because it doesn't have a construct that says this is the only way it can be. You see, there are multiple, multiple, multiple dimensional doorways that are held within one conscious thought and each of those doorways leads to a different perception and that perception leads to a different reality if believed in and therefore becomes a construct here on earth. That means that everything that you see with your your eye that is a physical thing has been dreamed of by some creator, be it a human creator that is operating in flesh or the creator itself or other beings in other galaxies that have dreamed up the trees and dreamed up the oceans and so forth and brought them to life. That is the gift that God has given us, the divinity of creation, the imagination, the place of the true magi, right? So when people say, oh, it's my imagination, actually, it's really not because your imagination has been, you know, completely changed by society and made into some kind of like fairy tale, hocus pocus nonsense that you kind of just derive out of your mind. And there it is. No, your imagination is your, what we call your station of creativity. It is the place where, if you ever remember Mickey Mouse and you ever um, watched the sorcerer um, of Mickey Mouse, where he was, you know, know, with the, the wizard and he was practicing his magic. And then all of a sudden, he ended up turning all the brooms and everything to start moving and it filled up with water and all of that stuff, right? As sort of the apprentice, the sorcerer's apprentice. Well, that whole story is very indicative of the story in which you're living in your life every time you go into imagination. You see, your imagination is your creative station. It's the place where you get to dream possibility into form if you believe in that which you're dreaming. As the great Martin Luther King said, I have a dream. Well, yeah, he had a dream. And what he did was get everyone else on board with that dream and then make it a reality, right? Or he held so strong to his dream, he grounded it into the physical realm, which became reality, right? And so a lot of people have dreams, but what happens with our dreams is people let go of those dreams. They just let them go. They dream in it, and then they allow some negative energy to come in from the matrix or a servant of the matrix, some friend or family member who has not um, lifted themselves and shifted themselves into realizing limitless possibility does and um, can exist, and allowing them to be able to be a uh, you know, uh, what we call a cheerleader to the truth of that person's dream and letting them know that if you can dream it, then you can actually make it possible. So if you, if your imagination can actually create something in your imagination and you have the ability to see it clearly, that means that you can manifest it to the physical realm. And the interesting thing is, is that if you look back at some of the greatest people, you know, from, from Einstein to Thomas Edison to Benjamin Franklin to, you know, to Tesla to Elon Musk to you name it. I mean, the list goes on and on. I mean, I can just go down a long list of many inventors and innovators, right? 
Steve Jobs, you name it, right? These people were willing to go into their creative station, which is their imagination, and be able to envision something that is not here. And then therefore anchor themselves into it with devotion, which means belief, right? And then telling God, which is them inside that they can do it. And then, of course, those spirits that I told you that obey the principles of creation operate from a field of consciousness to create it as a possibility so that the ego itself can say, yes, this is possible because you believe it. So I'm going to give you physical examples of how it can manifest. And then the ego supports you by creating it a part of your reality. And now all of a sudden your reality is grounded in and now people start to see what you're doing and then they want to join in and so the universe connects you with the right people and they join in and get involved with that vision and before you know it it becomes an apple computer it becomes a bicycle it becomes an airplane it becomes a, a locomotive car or a motorcycle or you know all kinds of things you know it can be a multiple of things that you see that have been created on earth and you know what and some people because they are not coming from a place of honoring the divine feminine in them and honoring the love quality and the nature of the we versus the me, you know, create things that shouldn't be created, like chemicals and bombs and guns and things that shouldn't be brought from the, the creative station into the physical world. But hey, again, you know, those things were created because they convinced the people of that dream that they had. And those people got on board to that vision and did everything they could to build that vision into full manifestation. And that's why we have guns and bombs and all kinds of things that could destroy our own entire species. Because we were not using discernment. We are not using the quality of understanding the value of life and the life code and how important it is for us to step into that space of recognizing the power of life and how important life is, not just the life of humans, but the animals, the nature kingdom, and so forth, right? And not to, to, to go into a space where we feel that we can annihilate anything for any matter when we, when we have a need. So if we don't like something, we can kill it. If we don't understand something, we can kill it. If we don't, or we fear something, we can kill it, or we can lock it away, or we can barricade it, or we can judge it, and we condemn it, and we can make it wrong and make it ostracized, and eventually it will kill itself. So the thing is, is that there's no need for us to go into that kind of grid patterning, which is based in fear and based in the idea of not seeing the greater whole, but based in the idea of profit and gain and looking at something that's more temporary than long-term. Because sure, I'm sure a lot of the people who dreamed those things into manifestation, you know, had it in their mind that it would be a way for them to gain power over another civilization if they had a weapon that was stronger than just a knife or a rock. And so therefore decided to create things that would actually put holes in a human's body and make them die or bleed out, was thinking, sure, that would be a great thing to do. Or was it more the idea that they were operating from fear and the idea that they needed something to protect themselves just in case someone else was going to harm them, which means they had no trust for their fellow brothers and sisters. And the idea of knowing that because of that fear of lack of trust, that they would create something that their own brothers and sisters would have to use as well. So who's the true winner in that situation? Absolutely no one. But a lot of people suffer because of that ignorant behavior and that misuse of power when it comes to being a creator. Just because God has given you free will to create doesn't mean you need to go creating a bunch of nonsense, painful, destructive things because you can. 
It, it shows lack of true understanding of the we and the evolution of all, right? And so if we want to thrive on planet Earth, the first thing we need to do is start being aware of everything that is connected to us. And I'm not just saying human beings and being kind to human beings, because I know a lot of people who are very hypocritical when it comes to the idea of, oh, I'm such a light worker. I'm so kind to people. I'm so kind to people. I give so much of myself. I do all of these things. And, you know, I'm a, I'm a good person because I don't hurt anyone. And I, you know, it doesn't matter if you're Christian, if you're Muslim, if you're Baha'i, if you're Buddhist, if you're, if you, if you, if you understand Hinduism, if you, if you follow the Torah, um, it doesn't matter if you're pagan. It doesn't matter if you're a scholar or if you are, anyone for that matter, you know, the moment that you say something negative to yourself, you are canceling out everything you're believing about yourself because you're hurting yourself and you are just as important as everyone else. And not just that, but let's take it a little bit further. What about your organs? Your organs are living spirits that chose to be your organs so that you can carry out on an oxygenated planet so that you can operate through this human vessel known as this, what I call, in my own words, the biological spacesuit, right? And so you get one. And why do people choose to smoke and drink and take all types of chemicals into their body, additives and stimulants and all types of things that over a long period of time can have some really negative dire effects on the human structure and the human body, both internally and externally from the people around them have to watch themselves literally degrade and destroy themselves. And really, you know, we don't have these types of like, you know, cards where you can pull it out of us and put us into a new biological spacesuit. This is the one you've got. And this is the one that you're operating from. And if you destroy it, well, you know, there's only so much that the medical world can do to patch up this spacesuit. You know, I mean, that's basically what they're doing is they're patching it up. And if your biological spacesuit feels too much of you know, the treacherous behaviors that you're giving it and doing to it through all the different ways that you can do it, such as by being constantly in complaining or being involved in with negative people who are constantly just dumping into you negative poisons, or you constantly creating fear or worry or eating uh, foods that are processed and toxic or listening to music that is polluting you and to really, you know, being uh, caught up in watching the news and, and movies and things that are just completely destroying the very core of your internal being and external being, you know, those things, you know, once something takes over, you know, the body itself needs to get into homeostasis, but in order to do so, it needs to release all of this negative cellular memory blockage, which we call effluvia. So a lot of times when people come in and and, you know, and do stuff with me, engage with me, you know, they'll come and have shamanic treatments and they'll be coughing up things and throwing up things and shaking and releasing and crying and all this kind of stuff. But all of that's happening is to release the effluvia out of their body. That's the negative cellular memory blockage, which is literally creating what we call a distortion within your grid system and a distortion within your body, which means that your body can't have synthesis. And if your body can't have synthesis, your body can't communicate to each other 
It can't communicate to nature. It can't communicate to everyone around you and therefore starts building a high level of fear and inflammation. And that inflammation and that fear builds and builds and builds until your body and your cells and your organs and different parts of your system start to break down. It can turn anything from cancer to fibromyalgia to autoimmune diseases to brain issues to dementia to you name it, right? To every type of breakdown that the system can create to skin boils, to psoriasis, you know, to chronic asthma, to, you know, everything. Because your body and your synthesis is not flowing and operating at the highest level. And that's why a lot of people who go and do like plant medicine and so forth, they don't understand that they're just bringing medicine in their body. After the medicine wears out, it wears out. And so if they don't build synthesis in their body, which is the true shamanic understanding of how to connect energy to energy and to energy to energy so that frequency can connect to frequency and communicate and then find other frequencies to communicate with that keep that frequency of the highest level of possibility of joy, happiness, and elation and bliss moving throughout your system and peace of mind and calm and all of these things and balance and you name it, right? So when your synthesis is able to send frequency and communicate frequency, it keeps communicating frequency. And when your synthesis is operating through unconditional love, oh, you're like a power source because your synthesis is not only communicating to every person you hug and talk to, it's communicating to the trees, to the flowers, to the sky, to the wind, to the every aspect of life your synthesis is communicating with and it's learning and expanding its networking system. And therefore, when the synthesis is operating at a high level, that means that your ancestors, the spirits, the angels, the beings of light can continue to operate through your body. That's the difference between someone who's like, on their deathbed and or who has who's sick and crying out to God, please God, please I'll do anything, please, please heal me, please heal me. But they don't get the healing. That's because their synthesis is not open for them to receive it. That means that the freeway of information is not expanded enough for them to receive healing from the spirits, from the angels, and from God because they have stubbornness. They have energies and belief systems that are holding back because of the fluvia. They have too much darkness inside of their being, which is blocking synthesis, which is blocking their ability to receive from God, blocking their ability to receive from angels, blocking their ability to receive from the shaman or the Reiki healer or anybody for that matter who does any form of energetic healing or any healing that takes place from a psychological level, be it hypnotherapy or psychology, you know, you name it. Um, if the synthesis is not flowing in the body and it is not available to the system to communicate it cannot communicate to the healing energies and the words that someone is saying and so forth because there's too much darkness inside, which is Ofluvia, which comes from the underworld, which comes from the beings that are in the underworld who built this construct on earth to keep us slaves and trapped into a system that we can continue to support through fear. And the more fear we generate, the more it keeps the darkness construct alive. It means it keeps its world field so that the world stays and it continues to exist and then can move to other galaxies and other dimensions and grow onto other planets and grow through other beings. And this is what creates the imbalance, right? And you're probably saying, well, then where did the darkness come from, Shaman Dirk? Really? Like, where did it come from? Well, here's a little tip of that information. Darkness, like the light and like everything, the universe is quantum. Creation is quantum. 
And when I say quantum, I mean that every possibility exists and all one has to do is be consciously aware of that possibility and therefore they are tapped into it. So every possibility exists and darkness happens to be one of those possibilities that exists so that when spirits die or beings die or other species die and they can't accept all the things that they created or did and they don't accept to let go of their earthly or their other planetary attachments because they cannot accept with unconditional love where they come from, which is pure light, they go into this place of darkness, which is the, like a wayward station, an underworld for them to be able to work through their issues as well as you know um, be there and put themselves into a loop of the thing that they can't accept or forgive or and so forth. And a lot of the beings go there because they just riddled with so much anger and guilt and shame and oppression and judgment and war and suffering and all of these things that they can't let go of to go into the light because it's not like God's holding them back. It's not like God's like, hey, yo, you know what? I saw what you did on earth and you know what? It wasn't cool. So I'm sorry that these pearly white gates are not going to be opening for you. Denied. No, it doesn't work like that. Here's what really happens. God's like, I love you. Come home. And so, uh, but then again, it's your choice. And so a lot of the beings who go there because they can't let go. And when the darkness keeps telling you that you're not going to be loved because the darkness has built its own conscious construct, which people call Satan, which is basically not the angel Lucifer, who was the angel of light, who did only one thing in the service of God, which is to reflect to us our truth. So Lucifer would say, oh, do you want that? Do you want that alcohol? Do you want those drugs? Do you want this thing? Do you want that thing? Oh, you do? So you're willing to want those things over your own divinity? Let me show you what, what, what you're really doing. And so Lucifer reflects the light. That's why Lucifer means the bringer of light. Wasn't cast out of heaven. God doesn't play this kind of like, oh my God, you so are not cool anymore. And you know what? Like, I didn't like the fact that you didn't obey me and do what you're supposed to do because I am a dictator in heaven and you didn't do what you're supposed to do, Lucifer. You know, I told you don't fly over to that galaxy and you did it anyway. So you know what? I'm so tired of it. And then you had a nerve to have a group of angels all talking together about overthrowing me as if you're going to get on this throne. I'm done with you. And I'm going to send you to earth and cast you to the ground. Yep. And then I'm going to give you a pitchfork and turn your body red and make you walk around with horns. I mean, the fairy tales are so ridiculous and so like just nonsense. I don't know how anyone has this this far in evolution continued to buy into the nonsense that some that darkness has infiltrated into religion through the minds of pious people who don't even know how to connect with God on a real human level, which is about like, let me question this information that's coming in. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm talking to a being in the underworld that's asking me to write this scripture. Instead, they want to say it's God divinely written. Really? Are you sure? Because human beings didn't know about the constructs of the underworld. I mean, some people did. Of course, in Greek mythology, they had it going on. They knew what was up. But thanks to Apollo, of course. But the thing is, is that did it, did it really be um, aware? Was it really aware for human beings to be aware of the consciousness that, hey, perhaps you know, there's this other, you know, being that could come in and speak into my thoughts and even create some kind of, you know, uh, vision in front of me and that I should probably lovingly interrogate whatever I'm listening to before I decide to write it in a book and say that this is the law as according to God. 
Yeah, I think so. And the thing is, they didn't. And so here's the truth of the matter. The truth of the matter is this. Believe what you want to believe. It doesn't matter to me. But the most important thing is believe in love. And if you don't believe in love, then, well, then, you know, there's something you really need to shift inside of yourself because that is the only religion you need to be putting your energies into and the only spiritual path. And guess what? Shamanism is all about believing in love. It's about removing rules and letting go of your attachments and stepping into what it means to be a creator and understand your divinity with God. Now, not just God, but your the love of God that comes through nature and through water and through trees and through plants and through stone and through your cells and through your body. It's all connected, right? And so like these people in the olden days who didn't have the ability to discern spirit because they didn't have those abilities at all, because a lot of the shamans who were around at that time were not um, being listened to. For instance, let's take a shaman who wasn't listened to at that time, Moshe, which is known as Moses. Moses Moses was a shaman, and Moses learned his shamanism, get this, Moses learned his shamanism from the Midian tribe, which were a group of shamans. His wife, Zipporah, was a medicine woman, and they were masterful when it came to being humble and being out in nature and intending to, to sheep and to plants and to being a part of a very beautiful um, tribe that celebrated life. They believed in the fire and the dance of the fire. They were very connected to the earth and making um, palaces and, and, and ointments and connected to the spirits. They were able to look at the spirit world. They were able to see the spirit as fire. And they were very attached to the fire element. Now, here's an interesting thing. Moses, who saw the burning bush, go figure. Of course, he saw a burning bush because he was a trained shaman in the Midian tribe because of the of the king of the Midian people, who was really just basically the, the person who was the chief or the head shaman who was teaching them. And they were all very sacred and they all had the ability to see in the spirit world. And when they saw spirit, they saw it as fire. And they would do fire ceremonies all the time so, of course, he saw a burning bush. Of course, he was out in the field with the sheep because that's what the Midian people do. And what he was told is to return and to liberate the people. Now, the thing is, the interesting thing is, how did he get the waters to part? How did he get all of these things to happen? Well, he was a shaman. So he was a bridge. He was a vessel to be poured into by spirit, like every other shaman. And that information was then transmitted to the people who needed to hear it and so forth. And not even that, but Moshe didn't even speak. His brother Aaron spoke for him. Talk about uh, a tag team duel. And just to let you know, when he got the Ten Commandments, there were more than Ten Commandments, but he smashed one of them because he didn't think the people were going to listen like they don't listen today. And so if we, if we really think about it, right, like if we really get into like the core energy of it, right, did the Ten Commandments say anything like, you know, you are not allowed to do this and you're not allowed to do this. And it was like really simple, basic 10 like commandments. It was like, thou shall not kill, you know, thou shall not, um, you know, commit an adultery and all these different things. I mean, if we really think about like, what exactly did the 10 commandments say? What was the commandments, you know, what was it saying, Right. So if we look at the 10 commandments and we look at like, what exactly did it say? It said, thou shall not take the Lord God in vain. What does that mean exactly? To be vain, to take the Lord God in vain. Well, 
to take the Lord God in vain basically means that you are not going into a space of looking at vanity, because vanity which a lot of human beings like to do, right? They're very vain, right? They create energies about, about creation and God in vain. And that's already happening right now. I mean, look how many, how many crosses of Jesus are around. Like as if Jesus would like to see his most horrible day portrayed to him every single day as a remembrance of his victimness as a way for humans to be empowered. No, he wants to show his glory, his happiness when he was laughing and, and, and having a, a fun time with his friends. And secondly, what was the other commandment? Thou shalt not have strange gods before me. Like strange gods, like what does that mean, strange gods? Like, does that mean like no gods before me? I mean, why would you put any God before God? Because God is just pure love. You can't put anything before God. So nothing can be before God because God is love and God is a part of you. So it's not even possible, right? And then, you know, um, remember to keep the holy, the Lord's day. Well, the Lord's day, I mean, which is God's day, is every day, right? So it means make every day, you know, be sacred and beautiful and wonderful and like, you know, honor your father and your mother. Well, I mean, the thing is of honoring your father and mother is that honor the fact that they brought you into this world, right? It doesn't mean you have to like accept what they say and become their slave and do what they say because you're not going to be loved or appreciated. It just means like honor them. Like, you know, they did bring me to this planet, even if they given me up and I went into an adoption, you know, or whatever, just honor them. And that's, you know, not a difficult thing because when you honor them, you're honoring your bloodline and you're honoring yourself. And it's like, you know, really cool. Thou shall not kill. Okay, well, thou shall not kill is kind of really simple. Don't kill, right? You have no right to kill because you weren't the one who created life. So what makes you think you have like entitlement or, you know, the ability to 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 hurt anything for that matter? And it didn't say thou should not kill only humans but kill animals and everything else. It says thou should not kill period. So, you know, do the math. And then secondly, thou should not commit an adultery. Thou shalt not commit an adultery. I mean, well, first of all, like, what is an adultery? Like, what does the word adultery mean? Like, if you break it down, adultery, what does adultery mean? To be an adult, adultery, adulterous person, you know, adulterous person is a person who is living through, you know, um, a part of themselves that is disloyal and untrue and false and deceitful and treacherous and you know unfaithful well what does that mean to be unfaithful it means literally being unfaithful to yourself unfaithful to others like don't go into a relationship with someone if you're really truly not in love with them because you're already you're already an adulteress it's like be faithful be true be honest and with who you are and what you are and with other people not that big a difficult situation thou should not steal why would you take something that doesn't belong to you anyway? And truth of the matter is, it's like, it's not cool. You know, like if I have something in my house and you really need it, just ask, like, you know, you know, just grow some and ask. It's not a big deal. But if you're going to like, just take it, well, you know, that's not cool. Because what if I needed it? And what if someone else needed it? You know, and thou shall not bear 
false witness against your neighbor. That means like, don't go telling lies about people. Speak highly about people. Like, tell them, talk about beautiful things about them. And if you don't know something and you're just gossiping, then, you know, gossip for the good of them. Like, say like, oh, you know, these people are doing this and this and this, and they could use some help and support. So how can we help and support them? Not, oh my God, look at what these people are doing. And oh my God, did you know they did that? And like, just talking all this nonsense, because that's not cool either. And that's not what spirit was at, I'm talking about. So let's be real about it, right? Be cool in your, in your talk, right? Like talk from a place of love about other people. Oh, and then what was the other one? Thou should not covet your neighbor's wife. Like, dude, look, you know, if, you're, if your neighbor has a wife, whatever, it's like, you don't need to be up on that. Like respect that relationship and whatever that relationship is. And if that person says, hey, you know what? You're, you're, I welcome you to be a part of this relationship, then be a part of that relationship. You know, I mean, it's okay. But like, don't just go be like, oh yeah, because you're in a relationship, I'm just gonna call, like walk all over your territory with, your, with what you're trying to build. Who knows what that, what that couple's trying to build. Just, just, you know, leave them alone and let them be. And, and if you really feel that you need to be with someone who's in a relationship with someone else, that's just because you're afraid to have your own relationship with someone. You're Yourself. That seems like you want it like to be in something that you know you can never have. Let's be real about it. You shall not cover your neighbor's goods. Like, dude, like if I have a car and you want a car, then go get the car. But like, stop being jealous of me. Like, jealousy is not going to serve you. Like, just be like, yo, I want to manifest that car and then get in your creative power, get on your creative table. That's, you know, your imagination and start manifesting that into reality. You know, it's not that difficult. So these were the things that came from the Ten Commandments. And yet nothing in there says that you shouldn't be gay or you know, you're not allowed to do this or you're not allowed to do that. And like all of that stuff came from the darkness that infiltrated the minds of certain people who are already pious and already so caught up in their need to be right that, that they didn't even have the ability to question or discern that where this voice was coming from. They thought it was the voice of God. Okay to each their own. The point I'm making is this, is like, we don't have to make things so difficult. We're only making them difficult because of the fact that we're not looking at it with truth of love, right? And truth of love means honoring ourselves. When we're stepping into the realities of life, we have to understand that the realities of life are really based upon the perception. And perception is based upon education. It's also based on your cultural understanding and what you've been told, right? And so if you were told that the unknown doesn't exist and that the spirit world doesn't exist and that you should be afraid of anyone who dances outside naked in front of a tree or runs wild through nature screaming on the top of their head or anyone who's sitting there making ointments that they're witches and they're warlocks and they're serving the devil and they're evil and that the Lucifer who was God's beautiful angel who's a brother of mine in heaven who's there to bring light and to illuminate us with light so that we can see the divinity of our being by showing us the things that are taking us away from the light is really not, you know, casted out of heaven and all this nonsense that the storytelling that the darkness would like to tell those who couldn't even question their own reality because they were pious and sitting up on a high horse of righteousness. You know, it's unfortunate that human beings don't have a brain to think in the way, you know, of, of love. I mean, that's basically what it comes down to. It's quite little simple, right? A little simple thing, right? It's like, ask yourself this question all the time, right? You're asking for something, you're doing something in your life. Is it coming from love? You're about to have a conversation with someone. Do you, you start it with love? You end it with love. You know, everything that you're doing, it should have a connection with love. Um, you hug someone, you do it with love. You make love to someone, it should be done with love. Even if it's a one night stand, do it with love. You know, you do art, do it with love. You dance, do it with love. You make music, you're a DJ, do it with love. You build something, you create something, do it with love. 
It's just do it with love. Do it with love. Just, just do it with love. Do it with love. Do it with love. Just, just do it with love. Do it with love. Do it with love. Just, just do it with love. Do it with love. Do it with love. Just, just do it with love. Do it with love. Do it with love. Just, just do it with love. Do it with love. Do it with love. Just, just do it with love. Do it with love. Do it with love. Just, just do it with love. Do it with love. Do it with love. Just do it with love. Just do it with love. See, the thing is, if you just do it with love, everything, like every single thing, like brush your teeth with love, get in the shower with love, you know, food that you eat, do it with love, eat with love, eat love, you know, it's like it changes everything. You don't need things to tell you who to be and how to be and what you should believe about creation in the world. Just do it with love. It's quite simple. Everything you do with love brings you back to the source and the source illuminates and operates from that space of orgasmic love and then creates more explosions of orgasmic love. And before you know it, it's just a love bomb all the time, every time, every second, every day. Love bomb explosion. And that's kind of really where we want to be in our evolution. We don't want to be in a space where we're operating from this constant fear because someone told us we're supposed to be afraid. Or we're operating from this place that we can't think independently for ourselves because the news told us to be afraid. Or we're operating from this place that we're not going to be good enough because someone told us we're not going to be good enough or we're not going to be successful because such and such and Bill and Sean and, and Jill and Sue and Taniqua and, 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 and Hamad and Muhammad and all of these different people didn't succeed at what they were supposed to succeed at. And so that's why you're not going to succeed. <laughs> baloney. I mean, baloney with a capital B for baloney, right? I mean, it's ridiculous. It's like you can make a sandwich out of that nonsense and feed it to the birds. It's the, the thing is, it doesn't support you to buy into these false concepts without testing those concepts yourself, testing the validity of those concepts. The ideas of those concepts requires one thing, show up with love. Like Take whatever you believe and throw it on the table of love. If it doesn't stand and sit still, meaning that it's coming from unconditional love, that whatever you're preaching or speaking about is coming from unconditional love, then to me, it's a bunch of hocus pocus and you might as well throw it in the trash because the darkness got its hands on it. Because anything that the underworld beings or the dark beings operate from is fear and divisiveness and creating more fear and more divisiveness to keep us so separate from our own brothers and sisters so that we're so distracted and so reactive so that they can keep feeding off of our responses, feeding off our emotional energy. Do you know that's what they feed off of? Emotional pain, emotional energy to keep their construct of their world alive? I get it, darkness. I get it. You need to keep your world alive. So you use our world as a battery source to fuel your world. I got it. But the thing is, do we need that? Do we need to keep feeling the darkness because we keep reacting because we don't have the ability to make a choice? To make a choice. That's all it takes. A simple choice. Just make a choice. And so by making that choice and by stepping into that reality and by operating from that field of consciousness, we're able to govern a new world that is already here waiting for us to put the building blocks on the physical because it already exists in the spiritual. Like the new world is already existing in the spiritual, right? The new buildings, the new way that we operate. It's all existing in the spiritual, right? It's just asking for us to be able to dream into that dream or to be invited into that dream and then to 
put our love and devotion into that and then to get other people to get their love and devotion and collectively, responsibly bring it to earth and manifest it as a reality that we live on earth where we're not waking up every day to go to a job to pay a bill so that we can put electricity on and that we can eat and that we can pay gas for our cars and so forth. But we actually get up every day to participate in our species and supporting a greater understanding of our species so that we can travel to other galaxies and dimensions and meet other beings and share our knowledge and our wisdom with them because we've learned how to eradicate war, bombs, guns, and suffering from our planet, from the idea of us making ourselves slaves, but into the idea of making ourselves worthy components of creating a species that is based in love for the sake of love, created by love, and being able to share that love with other galaxies and other beings and out throughout the dimension which again is all possible because I saw it in a dream. So I know that we will be able to travel through space one day and I know that we'll be able to create structures that you don't go to school and learn about reading math and you know and and learning about social studies and history but you'll be learning about how to utilize the skill that you came with and how to allow that skill to come out so that it can support those on the planet so that our species can thrive. You see each and every one of us has a gift something that we have that is uniquely different but also can be gathered with other beings collectively to create something quite magnificent. And yet, we're never going to find it if we stay divisive and constantly keep focusing on racial issues and women versus men and this thing and that thing. I mean, the whole giant, big whole thing is one giant cesspool of a bunch of nonsense. Because the truth of the matter is, women versus men, gay versus straight, black versus white, I mean, you name it, the list goes on, is all constructs of symptoms because of the core root of pain that we suffer, which is we still think it's okay to hurt our own species. That's it. Once we eradicate that with love, meaning transform it, right, with the true medicine, which is love, we are able to literally shift those issues of those symptoms and remove them, right? It's just a simple like, take responsibility that all of these things are happening because we still are not operating from our first consensus, which should be love. You should wake up in love Like every time I hug someone, I'm loving them. Like even if I'm with someone, you know, for a short amount of time, I'm loving them. I walk down the street, I don't even have to say it out of my mouth. Every time I walk by someone, I'm like, I love you, I love you, I love you, and I love you, and I love you, and I love you, and I love you, you, and 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 you over there, and you right there, and you, 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 you. Because why? Because even the fact that I don't have to say it out of my mouth, it's being transmitted to them. And their spirit that wants that love, that needs that love, that is that love, that amplifies that love, that knows that it's love, just amplifies the love that I'm sending it and casts it out to another person, right? Or casts it into the darkness that's inside of them that is stopping them from realizing with awareness that they're love. Hmm. Go figure. And you really wonder why the darkness stays in human people's bodies, right? Human people's. I love that, right? Human people's. Human people's. Why the darkness stays in human people's body. The reason why the darkness stays in human people's bodies is because of the fact that the darkness itself um, does not get engaged with love which is the only source that can actually turn it back to its original form, which is love, right? Or light, 
right? And so most people give it darkness or they get mad or they get frustrated or they judge it or they, you know, condemn it or they want to exercise it or do all these types of things. And like, I remember one time I was working with this priest in Italy and I was doing all these exorcisms. And I remember telling the priest, because I was like wanting to learn about like, what is the correct way that, you know, religious people do exorcisms. And I told the priest, I thought it was really funny. I was like, wow, we exercise this thing, but my senses are telling me that it's not gone, that it's just waiting for you to get away from this person. And then when that person is alone, it's just going to pop right back in because we're exercising it through this frustration of screaming at it and being like, you know, you know, get out of the body, you know, get out of the system. And like, you know, so like, no negativo en corpo, e dentro y monstro, e dentro, e chuto en corpo adentro. You know, and like going in this kind of way of like really just telling the, the monster, you know, to get out of the body. You know, monstro, e chuto, e chuto en corpo adesso. Get out of the body now. You know, in el nombre de Cristo. Let me tell you something about that, okay? The whole en el de Cristo. If you're fighting something with the fight, I can guarantee you it's not going to the light. So kind of just coin this energy, right? If you're fighting something with the fight, it definitely isn't going to the light. If you're fighting something with the fight, it's not going to the light. So if you can understand that and get that, you'll be in a great, great place. And that is going to give you more insight and more power into who you are and what you're capable of doing. And that is going to give you the ability to step into life in a profound way because you're going to realize that every time you fight something with a fight, nothing is going to change and there is nothing's going to the light. However, if you operate from a place of love, right, that love, that level of love breaks down the restriction and then allows all of that energy to move into a higher consciousness and into the light itself, right? So don't fight with the fight or it's not going to the light. Give it love and then it disperses it back into its original form. It's really powerful. So my darlings, remember these things. These are very important teachings today on Ancient Wisdom Today. Ooh, I love ya. I love, I love the tribe. I love the tribe. I love the tribe. And it is wonderful and so beautiful to be here, to share with you, to love you, to, to care with you, and to lift you and shift you. And so I just really want you to really make the distinction and the understanding that you have the power already inside of you. And all you simply have to do is make a choice. So make a choice right now that you're powerful. Make a choice right now that life is easy. Make a choice right now that you can do anything. And then because you do that, you're telling God that. And then of course, the powers will create it and your ego will support it and make it real for you. And your life will get super radical. So until then, I love you. I love you. I love you. Please, um, if you can, leave a review. Follow me on Instagram at Shaman Durek. And check out the website um, uh, to you know sign up on the newsletter to get some really cool videos that will be given to you every time you'll be getting uh, wonderful emails about classes and ways you can level up yourself. And remember to invite to ignite. That means... Bring more members to the tribe because it's time for us to wake up our brothers and sisters and say with a nice gentle love, hey, I just want to give something to you that I think is going to support you. And that's it. And you know, you're amazing. And I love you. And I honor you. And I see you. And it's wonderful to be here with you. Until next year. Bye. <laughs>